First, our top story as Proterra Workhorse Group and Hyazon Motors all come with announcements that are unfortunate signs of the times. Alan Edler now joins us to talk about it. Alan, let's first talk with the Proterra uh, filing for bankruptcy, one of the latest in these uh, startup groups that unfortunately has hit hard times. Yeah, and it was a surprise, honestly. The filing after the market closed on Monday um, basically didn't really catch up till yesterday when the stock uh, lost 80, 88% of its value. It's about 17 cents now. Uh, great buy, tell Anthony. But seriously, <laughs> uh, Proterra is is reorganizing. They want to hopefully uh, sell off something that they have. You know, they expanded from buses. They've been known, they've been around about 19 years as, a, as an electric bus company. Uh, that was its present and future. But the uh, most recently, within the last, you know, during the SPAC frenzy, uh, you know, Proterra was expanding into battery making and infrastructure development, and they decided to go with a SPAC, got the SPAC, got the money, but found that scaling those two new businesses was very expensive. They ran through all that money. They borrowed money. They got themselves sideways with their lenders. They needed some extra help to get out of trouble in March this year. And the lenders said, okay, we'll give you some more time. We'll even look the other way on your notice of going concern, which says you may not be here a year from now. But they said, you'll have to pay us a lot more interest. Um, all of this plays out, runs forward. Uh, Proterra is continuing to generate revenue, mostly from bus sales, a little bit from batteries. Um, but it gets to the point where it's really hurting for money. And on Monday, they said, you know what, we're not going to do earnings. We're going to file Chapter 11, which means we'll keep paying our creditors on a go-forward basis, but we're freezing everything we owe anybody now. And, uh, you know, everybody headed for the exits, essentially. So, We'll see what happens. You know, Proterra, and I didn't mention this in the story, guys, but Proterra has a new chairman in Roger Nielsen, who was the former CEO of Daimler Truck. And I had Roger on the show on Truck Tech a few weeks ago. We didn't really talk about Proterra because it was in the quiet period. And I guess we know now why we didn't talk about it. But, you know, Daimler was an investor in Proterra, among others, and they, uh, you know, count on getting um, batteries for their uh, freight ladder custom chassis, as well as the Julie school bus, electric school bus that is made by Thompson built, uh, Thomas built buses. Um, another customer, uh, here you go, guys, you know I'm going to get in there, is Nikola. Nikola gets uh, Proterra batteries for his fuel cells. I checked with them yesterday and they said, we don't anticipate any problem, you know, getting batteries on a go forward basis for the fuel cell trucks. Um, you know, they have their own drama around batteries out there with Romeo. So, uh, this is a, a, a big one, uh, a, an unfortunate one. We'll see what comes of it, um, but it looks to me like the shareholders are about wiped out. So, Alan, can we, we be looking at a rescue situation here going on? You mentioned that Daimler truck investment. Any chance of them really kind of stepping in to throw them a life raft, or are we looking at them at Proterra just now restructuring and betting on that restructuring as being able to save them? I think what you're looking at, Kaylee, is probably uh, depending which business uh, makes the most sense for them to to sell. Um, we'll go either to another bus company, another electric bus company. I was trying to game out who that might be, and I really didn't come up with any any names that just you know were uh, obvious. And you have to think that if they were going to do this, they would have been able to do it before bankruptcy. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, these are going to be more or less distressed assets. Now, last month, I actually visited the Proterra uh, battery plant in South Carolina and was incredibly impressed with what was going on there. 
Um, they've got one line in and they're ramping up this. Uh, it's called Powered One is the, the name of the plant. And, you know, they've got some terrific uh, manufacturing techniques. I wasn't allowed to really talk about them in specific, but I can tell you that it's an impressive operation. Um, that plant has a second side to it that would come online presumably in 2024. But uh, this is now a, a desperation situation uh, to uh, probably, uh, you know, cleave off some part of the business to make another part live. So we'll see what happens with that one. Moving right along with that to Hyzon uh, Motors, kind of in that same situation, they're looking at perhaps selling off part of that business to stay alive. What can you tell us about that situation as it just dropped yesterday? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It, it, it came up on the call and it was just sort of mentioned in remarks that, that Parker Meeks made. And I thought, did I hear that right? So I listened to it three times. Then I finally reached out to the company. I said, did I really hear this? And they said, yep, we said that. Uh, basically, what they said was that they need money and they're going to need capital, um, you know, like a lot of the startups we've been talking about. Uh, they're going to need capital and they would consider merging or even selling the business to, to keep their fuel cell systems uh, going forward, they're they're slow in the uh, in the process right now. I mean, they're they're mostly the best thing they've got going for them is this 200 kilowatt uh, single fuel cell, which most of the fuel cells being used in trucks out there are sort of um, two smaller fuel cells lashed together. They're not as efficient as a single fuel cell would be. So, um, I'm sorry, uh, Hyzon has a better mousetrap. The question is, can they get it into production? Will they have enough money to get it there? So I think that's what you've got to watch for with them. They also have sort of a cloud hanging over them of an SEC investigation that goes back to the previous leadership and some um, possibly phantom sales uh, in China. And they're, they set aside $22 million of, as a potential uh, penalty. They don't. They say they don't really know what the SEC is going to decide or how much they might find them or not find them. But but that's another overhang on the company, um, which did, by the way, just get back into the good graces with the Nasdaq by filing uh, uh, overdue financial reports. So they're making progress over there, but it may not be fast enough. So we'll see what happens. So one step forward, kind of half step back going on for Hyzon Motors. Let's finish off talking about Workhorse. Of course, we've seen some issues with them as well, and it's been a very long-storied operation. Now we're talking about shareholders possibly having to dilute their shares just in order for the company to stay alive. Again, what's going on there? Yeah, we just went through this with Nikola, guys. I mean, you know, we're probably sick of talking about it. But basically, mm -hmm. the the idea of increasing the number of authorized shares is essentially a way to raise capital. Um, and and Workhorse doesn't have a lot of other, uh, a lot of other options. You know, they they actually paid off a huge hedge fund debt uh, to Antara Capital, which actually you know probably it was a good thing in the in the main, but uh, didn't help their cash situation. So they're down to uh, about sixty two point four million dollars, I believe. In cash, um, this is a this is a desperate uh, a desperate play now to to raise cash. If they can go from two hundred fifty thousand to four hundred, uh, excuse me, two hundred fifty million to four hundred and fifty million uh, shares of stock at the end of the month, that gives them some flexibility to you know sell that uh, you know into the market, and uh, of course that does dilute current shareholders. I, I guess the question is. If you're still in workhorse at this point, and it's a dollar in some sense a share, um, you 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 may not be interested in this in this particular move because uh, you know you're you're going to dilute your be diluted. I guess it could be up to eighty percent if they actually sell all those shares, assuming they get them. The other thing that works against workhorse, which we explained in the story, is that they have a very heavy retail base that is you know day traders and individuals, and not very much in the way of institutions. So you can't go say. 
beyond BlackRock, which owns a little more than 5% of the company, you can't go and say, well, we need all your shares voted this way. So uh, they've got a proxy solicitation firm, also costs money to do that, uh, trying to corral all the shares they can, all the proxies they can for this vote. So um, I would say this is potentially an existential vote for them on the 28th of August as well. It's definitely tough times here for all of these startups, especially in these tougher economic times here as well. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Okay, thank you, guys. And of course, you can find the latest on what's going on in the electric and autonomous space from Alan on his Truck Tech Show. That'll be this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Right now, we're going to hand things on over to Tony Mulvey and Johnny Gilbert. They've got our first carrier update of the morning.